Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you right now for your presence, for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your grace. Lord, that you, you, you continue to give us. You continue to come, and Lord, be with us. And we, we just thank you right now. Hallelujah, knowing that, Lord, truly we don't deserve any of it. <laughs> we couldn't even earn it in a million years. But, Lord, you so freely give it to us. You come down and commune with us, God. Lord, you see us through every day and every situation. And, Lord, sometimes we don't even acknowledge you. But you're still there. And we thank you right now. Have your way in this place. Lord, I, I just pray your hand and your blessing continually upon your people. And, Lord, help us to hear and to receive what it is, Lord, that you would have to say unto us this morning. Move me, move flesh out of the way right now. Lord, I just want to be a mouthpiece for your use. Hallelujah that you speak into your body, the body of Christ. And we give you praise right now, Lord. Because you use somebody to save us. And help us, Lord, to be used by you to reach somebody else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank the Lord for another opportunity to be in your presence. Hallelujah. Knowing that it's not because of my goodness. Hallelujah. But it's all because of the grace and the empowering of that grace by our Lord. Hallelujah. So we say thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, just tell somebody, I'm glad to be here. I receive, I receive, amen. Somebody say, what they doing? What they, what's all that? What they put that money up there? They're sowing into the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. They're, they're sowing seed, amen, into the Word because they believe to receive. Hallelujah. And I receive it, amen, amen, that God would put a blessing on that seed. Hallelujah. As the increase. Amen. And understanding and growth and whatever else they need. The Bible says that, you know, he puts a, a body on the seed. Isn't that right? One thing I know, any farmer will tell you, if you ain't got no seed in the ground, you can't expect to harvest. Hallelujah. But hear this. Weeds will come up. Hallelujah. So we thank the Lord, amen, just for this opportunity to be I'm blessed. Amen. Even as Pastor Linda was praying, as she was praying this morning, and she was exhorting us and just saying how that the Lord just kept on taking and taking and taking. I mean, I just began to meditate upon that and how much, you know, just, just if you would for a minute, just think about how much the Lord has taken from us. See, a lot of times we look at the, the, the days of old, but, you know, all the, all the things and the stuff, just, just of my stuff he took. Amen. And, and that stuff was, you know, nailed to the cross. And think about the fact that he took our worst continually. He took our worst. But in turn, he gave his best. Amen. He gave us his best and he continues to give us. Amen. Every day is a gift from God. 
I believe I, you know, I, I recognize that every every breath I take is a gift from God. Hallelujah! Every heartbeat is a gift from God. I I can't command my heart, Amen. But God allows it to continue to beat, Amen. So we thank God. We're gonna go ahead and release our children to their classes this morning, and they've been in with us for a while, Amen. So they they're like, hey, we got to go to class. Whoopee! We thank God, Amen. Hallelujah. I've enjoyed having them in here. Amen. I have enjoyed them being in here, and I I pray that the Lord has blessed them in their being with us. Hallelujah. So as we give them time to make their transition with their teachers and the aides that are back there, amen. We've got some awesome young people. You know, we got to spend a little time with, you know, our, our Ignite Teens, amen, on Friday night. You know, just me and Pastor Linda and the youth leaders and sharing with them. And they had questions. And we got a chance just to talk with them, amen. And I, I really enjoyed it, amen, just sharing with the, the young people. They got some good questions. Y'all know that? Amen. They want to know. They are seeking God, amen. And that's that's an exciting thing. So now that they're out, y'all can move closer. Y'all can come on up, amen. You can get adjusted because we're fitting to get into the Word. Hallelujah. And just let God have his way this morning, amen. Just, you know, it's a simple word this morning. But God's Word is profound at the same time, amen. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. Amen, in a way that, you know, it helps us to even see things greater. Amen. You know, I, I'm the kind of person I want to know more and more and more. Inquisitive, inquiring, always, amen. I've been, I've been saved since 1978. Amen. A few days have gone by. Amen. But in that time, there's been some challenges. Amen. But still, standing for the Lord. Amen. And I thank God because in that time, although the challenges came, he, he graced me never to turn back, never to give up. Amen. But to continue to press and to continue to hold on and believe him. Do I need to switch over to this thing is acting up? Amen. I, I can switch. I have a mic up here. Come here. I, I don't want people to be distracted by the, that noise right there. It, you know it can distract others. Can you hear me? Amen. But, you know, as I think about how God has kept me, amen, over these 30-something years of living for him, even in my weaknesses and my failures and my mistakes and all those things, he never withdrew his love. He never withdrew his grace. He never left me, and he never turned his back on me. The lonely times I felt is when I just didn't recognize he was there. Amen. When I was in my own pity party, or I was on, in my own guilt trip, amen, or whatever the case might have been. But he's always been there, Linda. He's always held me up. You know, and I know these last few weeks, amen, or actually for the last couple of months or so, we've been really hitting on grace and talking about God's grace and 
you know, and like I continue to say, we can dig into that more and more and more, and we will, amen, even this morning, you know, t- thinking about how vast and how large and how amazing it really is, amen. So I, I thank God for him. And this morning, we want to talk about grace in action. I mean, we talked about his grace in truth, his grace in the spirit, his grace in love, amen, all those things, but really looking at his grace in action. And as we we look at this, his word this morning, I want us to begin to make it personal. Begin to see places in your own life where you know it was God's grace in action. I'm not just talking about when you got saved because we know that it was there. But I mean, even before then and since then, grace has always and moving, amen. And as, as we, we, we look at this, amen, one thing I, I've come, amen, as we talk about grace, I, I pray that we're beginning to see his grace in a much larger perspective than just getting us out of trouble. There's a whole lot more to it than that. Amen. His grace is a vehicle, amen, by which we're able to, to do many things in the kingdom that we otherwise would not be able to do. Grace empowers Amen. Grace enlarges our capacity and our ability, amen, to do things that in our flesh we have no power to do. We have no, no, no constitution to do. You see, I can't, I can't love my enemy like the scripture instructs me to without God's grace being upon me. Amen. It's just not in me to do that. I can't live a life that glorifies God day by day in my own strength, in my own power, without God's grace operating in me and empowering me to do that and to walk in love and and to walk in a way, man, that glorifies him, to resist sin, amen, that it might flee from me. See, we we all know that in ourselves and in our flesh we fail. Anybody here ever fail? In myself, but but when I call on his power, when I trust and lean on his grace that's upon me, amen, I've been able to resist a whole lot of things. And I've been able to overcome a whole lot of things that I know that it wasn't me. But it was all because of that empowering grace, that vehicle, amen, that he uses, amen. And that, that, that same grace... Amen. It, it, he brings it upon us and enables us to receive from him things we couldn't receive. Man, and the and other amazing thing that I, I think about when I look at that grace, amen, is it allows us to receive those things we don't even deserve. We couldn't even merit. Hallelujah. But it, it allows us to be able to do it. You see, the scripture lets us know, amen, that, that love, his love is amazing. And, and as we look at one of the all very familiar passages in the Bible, God so loved the world. Hallelujah. You ever love somebody so deeply but feel helpless at the same time? You know, the other day we was at the house and, you know, we got a little um, Bailey there. And, and she was choking on something. You know. And we was able to get it out, but at those times you feel helpless. Isn't that right? 
Or and, and other times when the children have been very sick and you can't and they can't even talk and they can't tell you what's wrong with them. Amen. And they're crying and they're screaming to the top of their lungs. Anybody been there? You know, and, and you love them with all of your fiber, with all of your being. You you love that child. You would give your life for that child, but at that very moment you are helpless to do anything to help them. And you feel just so like, what can I do? But think about the love of God. When he looked upon mankind and after the fall and he saw us, amen, and he, he began to recognize his love is so vast and so great. But see, he's not limited like we are. He could do something about it. In fact, he knew exactly what the problem was. But there were restrictions even on God. Someone said, oh, what do you mean? God can do anything. Are we going we gonna, we gonna to look at it? There were some restrictions that they were, for lack of a better term, self-imposed restrictions that the Lord had set in motion. You see, because when he created man and he, he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, be fruitful and multiply and, and, and take dominion over everything. If I might paraphrase it. He gave man authority over the earth. And when man fell and became subdued by the adversary, that authority was transferred from man to the enemy. Because sin had, had put us in a position that separated us from God. Anybody ever been separated from God? <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to hear what we're dealing with this morning. We're talking about Grace in action. Because God had to have a way, amen, to redeem mankind. Hallelujah. And our shortcomings, amen, and all those things that, that were coming to separate us from him. And it's sad to say that there's still people that are yet separated from God because they haven't received this grace. They haven't received this love. But but to hear, hear, hear this, amen, we, we need to realize, amen, that there's things that had to be done in order for us to be redeemed. In order for God not to violate his own order and structure that he had set in place. There's things that he had to do. And the only way he could do that, as we know, was to send Jesus Christ to redeem us. To bring us back into alignment and back into to order. To give us a way and an opportunity. Amen. Because, as I said, we didn't deserve anything. Hallelujah. And it took that his unmerited love and favor in order for everything to be brought back into alignment. See, when we sinned, when man sinned, we broke God's law. And God's law demanded payment. Hello. So there was a problem. 
because he couldn't just, I mean, he couldn't just overlook his own law. He wasn't going to look for a way to get around his own law. Amen. Because the law demanded payment for sin in the scripture. Look with me at 1 John 3, verse number 4. Because it lets us know, it tells us, amen, in this scripture, that the wages of sin is death. So we broke the law. The law demanded payment, and the payment was death. In other words, because of our sin, we were destined to die. But in this verse it says, Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Hallelujah. So we were all guilty. Say we were all guilty. Amen. The Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of what? The glory of God. All. Nobody was guiltless. Amen. And because we came down through the line of Adam, amen, that, that Adamic sin to transfer that nature, that sin nature has transferred over the generations to mankind. And we find ourselves walking in sin and struggling with sin until we come to the knowledge of Christ, which was sent to, to bring us out of sin. Ah, but look over with me at Romans, the sixth chapter. Hallelujah. Just to, to bring the point home of what he did for us. 6 and 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death. It didn't say could be. There is death. Amen? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, see, so we, it, it's a gift that was given unto us that we couldn't earn, we couldn't deserve, amen, we couldn't even purchase. You know how sometimes you want to go buy yourself something? You couldn't, you couldn't go buy this. Huh? No matter what, amen. It, it had to be given, and it could only be given from God. But see, that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. There's no other way. Like I say, it's, it's, his word is profound. So God loved us, and we sinned and separated ourselves. So he said, I, I, I have to answer the demand for payment for sin. It had to be paid. You know, and think about this. Up until... Jesus Christ came. I want us to wrap our minds around this. Until Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, the bill was still not paid. The bill was past due, if I can say it like that. And as we study in the Old Testament, we see how that the priest every year would have to go into the temple, amen, and they would have to sacrifice the animals, and they would take the blood of the goats and of the oxen, and they, they would sprinkle it on the, on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat in order to appease the payment for another year. In order, in order to, to purchase mercy on mankind year after year, to that, that, that deferred payment plan, if I might say it like that, was the mercy of God. 
that withheld judgment, that it would not come upon mankind until the payment could be made. I receive from the youth. Amen. So as we, we look at this and we begin to understand greatly what it is that we have received. Sometimes, we, you know, we get saved, we come to church, we sing, we, you know, we have service and we go on. But we don't oftentimes stop and think about the depth and the, 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 the gravity of what it is that God has done and made available for us unto this very day. And, and it's, it's shameful that we can sometimes get lackadaisical about our living for God because we've received so much so freely that we don't realize the cost that came behind it. You ever give your children something, man, and, and, and they just throw it aside? They don't realize how hard you worked for it and how much you had to set aside and the sacrifice that you made in order to get them that bicycle. And you see it laying out there in the street in the rain, and they're like... And you say, that little rascal. They don't know the cost. I mean, you come home and they got all the lights going and houses lit up like a Christmas tree. Because it ain't costing them nothing. Every switch to them is free. You know, they just walk through the house. Turn it on, turn nothing off. Because they don't understand the cost to maintain those lights. I mean, they, they eat like food is just showing up at the house every day. Huh? See, because they don't understand the cost. And see, we, we laugh at that, but when it comes to our understanding the cost that has been paid for us to live free every day from sin, to live in a, in, in a relationship with God where we don't have to have, amen, the condemnation and the weight of our very own sin still resting upon us, the things that we have been set free and delivered from. See, we, we take it for granted. I'm saved. I've been saved by grace. And I, my sins are washed away. And hallelujah. But I think it behooves us to think about the weight and the gravity of what it is that we have been given. To be able to walk it out. Hmm. Grace had to show up. When sin showed up. And because Jesus didn't attempt, or God, excuse me, didn't attempt to go around his law, Jesus was sent to the cross to make payment to fulfill the demand for sin. The demand of death. Look at Romans, the third chapter. Hallelujah. And we're going to start at verse 23. Part of what they call the Roman road. Hallelujah. But in verse 23, it says, For all have sinned. They say, Me too. And come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Freely. Whom God has sent set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. Remember the blood of the oxen and the turtle doves and the bullocks and the sheep and the rams and that blood wasn't good enough because it wasn't pure blood. That blood wasn't good enough. Amen. Because it wasn't redeeming blood. But when Jesus came, the spotless lamb, the sinless lamb, Hallelujah. When his blood was shed, that blood is good for eternity. 
See, so through his blood and faith in his blood, we read here, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now, there's three ver- words in that, that, that verse that I, I really want to deal with a little bit so we can get to get understand because we read over some words sometimes and everybody don't grasp what they're saying. But even as we look at it, he said, for sins that are past, now, with all the past sins from Adam to Jesus, hallelujah, he was there to make payment. That's a pretty big bill. Huh? All the past sins. Amen. And then, what about my past sins, your past sins, the sins that came after? Amen. That's where our Repentance comes in. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something here. We don't. We shouldn't repent because we want to be saved. We should repent because we are saved. There's a difference. See, we're not doing it to get something. We're doing it because we have something. Uh, we're doing it because we, we have received something that we don't deserve. And because you did this for me, I will change. See, I'm not changing to get you to do this for me. But because you did it for me when I didn't deserve it, when I couldn't earn it, I will change. Uh, see, this is how we, we, we show God our, our love and our appreciation. But But... The words he said, whom have, I mean, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation of our sins. The propitiation or to, you know, what, what is that? What is that saying? What is that? What does that mean? Amen. In other words, to propitiate for somebody is to, to gain or regain the favor or the goodwill of the other. Huh? To appease or to consolate. See, See the, the the man for payment of the sin had to be appeased. It needed to be. It needed. He needed to be our consolation. You know, let God know. You know the the demand for sin. Let the law know it's all right. I got this. Not just for one, but for all. And then he went on to say, "Amen." For the remission. Amen. To declare his righteousness for the remission. See, he, you know, you, you can't go in with, a, with a, a dirty rag to clean things up. But God's righteousness came in to clean up our mess. Amen. I think about Mr. Clean, you know, the, 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 that, that clean sponge. You know, it can only take so much. You got to toss it. But the blood of Jesus can take it all. And still got room for more more. So as we stand on that, so the remission or to remit is the process of remitting and to remit is to lay aside. Now I want you to think about these words I'm about to say. All the things that we've done, all the things that, that places we fell short, amen, when he's remitting, amen, he became the remittance, amen, or the payment for our sin, amen. It means he, we, he came to lay aside partly or wholly to, to desist from the activity or action, you know how you hear send out a, a letter say cease and desist, stop all that action what you're doing. So he's telling the law, stop, cease, desist 
from your pursuit, they are no more guilty. They are no more guilty. They have been set free I and mean, to be released from the penalty. Amen. To refrain from exacting, you know how they exact taxes on you or they exact the punishment on you. Say, stop. In other words, we cannot be touched because of what he done. When we accept what he's done, and when, and when we begin to walk according to it, amen, we, we, we cannot be touched. We can't be inflicted with punishment. Hallelujah. But that makes me happy. Amen. And that, that, that makes me want to stay under the covering. Uh, not, not step out under, from under the covering. You know, you know my wife, she, she loves to, to go here and there, but anytime we go somewhere and it's raining, she's looking for a covering. She wants something. Y'all women know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't want all that. I mean, if it's, if it's a light mist, it ain't too bad. But if it's raining, you better get a plastic bag. You better get something. Coat, sleeve, jacket, book. I don't care. It's going to be. See, you don't want to get out from under that covering because they know I'm going to be messed up. Some of y'all know that water hits y'all head. It's going to be like an Afro puff. Huh? It's gonna freeze. It's gonna, so, so you, 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 you don't want to be messed up. So you're gonna stay. See, I like to use illustrations that help you understand. See, so therefore, we want to stay under covering, and it's the same thing with Christ. Why, once you are under the covering, the protection, the release from sin, which you step out from under in order to get messed up? So I, I want to stay. I mean, he said, you can just come under, come under. Hide, I will hide you under the shadow of my wings if you just stay. But you got to stay close. You got to realize, amen, that it's not my goodness, it's love that's saying, come on, come on, draw near unto me. And walk in a way, amen, that, that I want you to walk. See, in order to, in order to stay close, you got to walk like he walks. You can't get ahead of him. And you can't be slowing down and falling behind. You got you to stay in step. Where he's doing and where he's going. I think about the children of Israel, man, as he brought them out. And they went. And Pharaoh was still coming at them, but he led them by day and by night. By a pillar of a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. Uh, he covered them and he led them. And we, we need to be like, Lord, I, I want to be right where you are. Amen. To be restored, amen. And then the third word, that forbearance. Hallelujah. It's an old word. We don't even hardly use it no more. The forbearance. Amen. And the forbear. In other words, it's talking about to refrain from the enforcement of something. A debt or a right or an obligation that is due. So God's forbearance, he waited. Amen. And he allowed the mercy seat. And he sat on the mercy seat. And he's still, and I want you to hear this. He's still sitting on the mercy seat. Huh? He hasn't switched over to the judgment seat yet. See, the judgment day hasn't arrived yet. So mercy is still being allowed for those who are still in sin until they realize they need, until they accept his grace to come on out. Mercy is still available. Even for you and me. You know, there are times when we, we mess up and we need a little mercy. Not when we plan to mess up. 
Oh, we're going to get to that verse too, okay? Because uh, we've we, we, we got to understand this. this. This is something that God has made available and allowed to us, but we, we cannot frustrate the grace of God by playing with it. Huh? Y'all, y'all, know, y'all know how it is sometimes we, we get in that place and say, Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to do. That don't work. That's just crazy because when the other words you say, Lord, I'm planning to say, I know what I'm about to do is wrong. And you have to forgive me for it. What is that? Well, he just, just hold back one heartbeat while you get ready to do what you're about to do. Thank God for his mercy. He went our, in our foolishness. Amen. His mercy shows up. Huh? That's how good the Lord is to us. Amen. And, and sometimes we don't recognize, you know, you know, it's like playing Russian roulette with our salvation. Hello. You never know when that bullet's going to be in the chamber. Huh? Well, I'll, I'll get right when. <laughs> when what? But turn with me to First John. Because we're looking at this thing, amen, to refrain. I thank God, amen, for... For those those things that he's done, amen, for propitiating for my sins, for the remission. He's the payment, amen. He's the remittance, amen, that covered it and took care of it, amen. I thank God for his his patience and waiting for me to come and to accept him for who he is. See, he knows who we are, amen. And and one thing, you know, I, I don't like to use the term, you know, to, that we found God. God ain't never been lost. Huh? Amen. But we need to find ourselves. We need to come to ourselves. Just like the, the prodigal son did. He came to himself and realized how lost he was. How much he needed to get back to the Father. And he knew where the Father was. And there's something in us that know we need to serve God. Hello? John 2 and 1. 1 John 2 and 1. Hmm. Hallelujah, Lord. Y'all doing all right? I hope so. He said, little children, my little children, these things I write unto you that ye what? He said, you know what? I'm writing this so you don't sin. Don't do it. Stop it. Knock it off. Quit. But he said, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if, big little word, if, not when, not planned, but if something come upon you and something is in there that you didn't realize, amen, or something come upon you and, you know, you didn't know, it ain't like I planned it out, you know, I reserved the room, I bought the flowers, you know, I set the date, and I met up with someone I wasn't married to. Oops! That ain't no oops. <laughs> that ain't no oops. Uh, hello. You know, if I sit down and you know, and I'm, I'm I'm doing my job application, and they ask me to answer certain questions, and I say, well. I know if I put this on there, they're not going to hire me. So let me check this other box. Father, forgive me. In other words, you're saying, Lord, co-sign my sin right now. Co-sign. I just, I just told a lie. Co-sign. No. 
See, y'all don't want to go with me there, huh? See, see, see. See, some would like to have that verse to read, and when any man sins. That just gives us license to say, okay, I can just go on and sin because I got an advocate. I can act crazy. I can get all the speeding tickets I want because I got a lawyer on retainer. And he always fixes my, he fixes my ticket, so I ain't got to worry about it. See, that's how we kind of do God. But we, we can't treat him like that. He said, if we sin. I, I remember the last speeding ticket I got. Been a few years ago. And I wasn't even trying to speed. I'm coming down the road and hit a hill. And my wife was trying to do something on her phone. So we, I started talking to her and trying to show her and drive at the same time. And I'm not paying attention. And, uh, and my speed crept up over 55. And then I look at the bottom of the hill. There's the sheriff. I said, oh, my goodness. And he's going to pull me over. Gave me a ticket that I didn't earn on purpose. See, and I say it like that because, if you know, if I was speeding on purpose, I would have earned the ticket. But see, I didn't earn it on purpose. Amen. See, I see if I'm purposing to speed, I'm purposing to get caught. See, y'all know, y'all know how it is. You know, if, when, you, when you're driving the speed limit, you're cool, right? You ain't watching your mirror, you know, you're you good, you see a policeman, you don't start stressing because, you know, I'm set at the right speed. You know, because I like to use my cruise control, so I'm set at the right speed. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know. But you know, when, you know when you're pushing it like 10 miles over, you're constantly like, You, you constantly checking your mirror, checking the head, watching the exits. You you looking at the overpass coming up, making sure he ain't sitting up there scoping you out, huh? See y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about because you know you out there, huh? You know you've exposed yourself to punishment, and sometimes we do we go we do God like that, and then we we want to say, well, Lord, I know as soon as I slow down, I'm good, and you forgive me for what I just did. Hello. So we got to check ourselves. But he says, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteous, and he is the propitiation, and there you go again, for our, uh, for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's a lot of sin. That's a lot of sin. And think about this. Hey, folks are still sinning. Amen. And that blood that he shed is still good for all that sin. Uh, it's, still, it's still available and just as potent as it was on the day he was crucified. Just as powerful. It has not lost its power. And it's the moment they accept him, that blood is enough to cover that sin. To redeem them. And they need to hear that. They need to know that. Amen. So we, we see, amen, that what he did for us, and then go back, go on over to the fourth chapter in First John there. Four and eight. I just thank God for his word. Hallelujah. The peace that comes. Sometimes we want to get profound, but his word is profound in and of itself. What he has made available to us, what he has done for us, amen, it ought to change our lives. But we need to be constantly aware of how great it is 
that we have what we have received. The eighth verse says this in, in the fourth chapter in first John. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Now I know not last week, because Pastor Linda spoke last week, but the week before we, we dealt with grace and love, isn't it right? And we know we gotta love. We gotta love. Love is a powerful thing. Amen. But see, I'm gonna say this before I read it any further. In order for the Lord to show his love to us, it had to be released through grace. Huh? Because he loved us, but how is he going to redeem us? How is he going to get us back? Amen. It's going it's, it's to take grace and favor in order to come down through the person of Jesus Christ, go to the cross, amen, and go all the way through the death and the burial and to redeem and take the keys back from the devil, amen. In other words, he took the right back by shedding his blood, amen, in an earth suit, see, because it was given to man, so he had to come down as a man to take the authority back from the enemy. He couldn't do it any other way. So he had to put on an earth suit, and he had to come down here, and he had to suffer and die. And he didn't just come to suffer and die to redeem us from sin. He came to suffer and die to put us back in right relationship and put us back in right authority in the earth. So he took the keys from the devil, and he gave the keys to Peter. Amen. So Peter could continue to move it on to the coming generations, you and I. So now we can walk in the authority that we need to walk in. So as we look at this verse, amen, he's letting us know now in the ninth verse, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. Look, is what? In what? In his love. He made known his love toward us. How did he do that? In love. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Look at that. This is in love. That Not that we loved God. Hello. See, you, you can't say I love God, so I came to him. You didn't even know God. No, he said, no man cometh except I draw them. Why does he draw us? Because he loves us. So he's letting us know that not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved God, if God so loved us, we are also to what? Love one another. Wow. So we've received all this love, amen. And now we we, we kind of touching on that love again. So we ought to love one another. If I received all this and freely received all this, you know, without any, it just amazes me I, as I think about God and how how great He was. When Jesus came, there was not a time He went to anybody and beat them up because of what they did. I don't say, well, he went and he turned over the tables in the in the temple. No, he he didn't beat them up. He was like, what you're doing is wrong. In my father's house, you're defiling my father's house. This is called supposed to be the house of prayer. So he came to do what Jesus does, what the Lord does. He came to bring order back to the house, to the temple. But anytime he dealt with those who had fallen short in sin, he never beat them up. You know, think about the the Samaritan woman that he he met at the well. 
And he began to talk with her, and he said, well, well, go get your husband. And she said, well, the one I'm, what I'm with ain't my husband. He said, well, what's wrong with you, woman? You're a sinner. No, he didn't do that. He said, I know. He said, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with now isn't your husband. And he began to love on her. Amen. So so much so, and I don't, I don't want to hang out on that story too long, but so much so that she went in the city and, and, and for, 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 in, in so many words, became an evangelist. She started telling everybody about the man that told her about all her life. Come and see. Because he didn't reject her, he didn't beat her up, but he lifted her up. Huh? The one that was caught in the very act, did he beat her up? He said, woman, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Uh, the leper that came and, and, and came to him, he, he told him what? Will thou be made whole? See, he was all about lifting us up out of our place. He never came to beat us up. Although if anybody had the power to beat us up, it was him. Isn't that right? So why, why is it that sometimes we beat each other up after we've received Jesus? Husband be calling his wife, you devil. Huh? Hello. <laughs> uh, did I hit a chord there? Huh? So sometimes we forget what we've received. So, so, or we become, oh my goodness. See, I know that's the Holy Spirit. You know. Or else we become like the Dead Sea. What do you mean, Pastor David, the Dead Sea? See, the Dead Sea is a sea that has no outlet. Everything that comes into it stays there. It becomes stagnant. All the impurities. I mean, the mineral level in the Dead Sea is, I think, like ten times higher than the natural. Because all the impurities and everything else stays right there. That's why it's called dead. It's got no outlet, no outflow. See, if we would let the love of God flow through us, just like any sea or any river that has a flow through it, comes in, the fresh comes in, and it flushes the impurities out as it goes. And see, if we would become like a, a living body of water, we allow the love of God to come in, and we allow the love of God to flow through, and as it flows through, it flushes out the impurities that's in us. Because in order to love you, i got to get over me. In order to love you, i got to see you like God sees you. Because if I keep looking at you in my fleshly eyes, I don't like what I see. It's all about me. But see, if I get myself out the way, and I say, Lord, let your love, let your mercy, let your grace, let your compassion flow through me. And the more I allow it to flow through me, the more I become like him. And the more people want to be around me. Because they can receive. What God has given me freely. See, it's not my goodness, amen, it's not my love or my grace. See, without God, the Bible tells us clearly, if we don't know God, we don't know love. All we know is the world's mechanism. And that's, that's love based on merit. That's love based on conditions. That's love based on what I can get out of the relationship. Because if I'm not getting what I need from you, I don't love you no more. I fall out of love with all of them. They hurt me. They did this to me. They did this. So our, our love is 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 got an on and off switch. 
But see, God's love is unmerited. His love is unconditional. Hallelujah. Because he knew that we couldn't earn it. And, you know, even when we came to him, even when he started giving us his love, amen, he, he knew, well, maybe I just talk about me, okay? He, he knew that even when he started loving on me, I was still jacked up. I still had issues. But, he, the, but the deeper my issues became, the more he said, that boy needs some more love. It's going to take a whole lot more love to pull him out. Huh? So he kept on pouring the love on me, amen, and the love began to help me to float from the bottom. And it began to bring me up. Uh, and the more love he sent in there, amen, the more buoyant I became. So I got to let the love of God flow through me. And as I do that, I can walk in the peace of God. Uh, knowing that it's not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live is not I, but it's Him. The life I live in the flesh is for His glory. See, and as we come to that place, we say, Lord, use me. How many of us ever say, God, use me? Don't raise your hand because, you know, I don't want you telling yourself. You know, because, you know, really. Because sometimes we say, God, use me. And He say, okay, I'm going to use you, but I'm going to use you like this. And you're like, hey, I don't want to be used that way. Uh, when we say use me, sometimes we got conditions on how we want to be used. Or where or when we want to be, or in whose life we want to be used. When you say, you want me to use you? This one over here needs more love. You know, Billy needs to know my love. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Billy run into your car. Without insurance. Your new car. You said use, I'm going to use you because I'm going to use you to show Billy my love. But when we look at our car, we don't even see God no more. What you mean you ain't got no insurance? Who will pay for this? What are we going to do now? You better find another church. Huh? Because we, we, we fail to see God. Just like Billy, don't worry about it. Because what? Well, it's just the car. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Someone said, I don't know if I could do that. I just don't know if I could do that one. Huh? Huh? He said, <laughs> he said, let him know he got insurance. He's insured. Don't worry about Billy. Huh? Uh, well, see, well, see, we we got to be in that kind of mindset that nothing befalls you, child of God, that God doesn't know about. But see, we don't make that connection to the natural things that come against us, huh? And but we need to make that connection in everything. I've had my car run into right in the spot where it's sitting right now. I'm on my way back from a men's advance, spiritual high. Yes, woo! Everything is good. Called my wife, my oh, babe. I get the news. I can't let it steal my joy. I mean, if, if the person ain't insured, I'm insured. And if I'm not insured, I'm assured that all is well. And that's the mindset we got to have. See, the minute we let stuff and things and issues cause us to get our mind off being the instrument of God, we make life about ourselves. But God so loved us. Hallelujah. 
I just love him. I just love him. I love him. I love him. Huh? So he said, you know, God had enough love for us to die for our sins. Think about this. Hallelujah. To die for our sins, Aquarius. All the stuff you done done, girl. He said, I got you. Huh? He's not beating us up over it. He loved us enough. But no, so, 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 so therefore, we have an, ought to have enough love for one another. To at least cover the sin. What you mean, Pastor? I ain't covering up nothing. How are we to be able to cover one another in love? Go to First Peter 4. I ain't bringing nothing but the word. Amen? My opinion don't matter. Huh? Well, Apostle David said, well, where's the line of the word? Where's the line up with the word? Come on. Huh? Hello? If you don't like the word, I got nothing to do with it. Amen? First Peter 4, 8. It says, above all things, have fervent charity. What's, 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 what's charity? Love. I knew y'all knew it. Among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Not just one. Multitude of sins. I don't have people do a whole bunch of things to me. And I just had to love them through it. Huh? Is that right? I got people hating on me still. Hello. That's right. So just keep loving them. Just keep loving them. Amen. See, because, you know, if they knew God like I know God, they would stop hating on God's people. And start loving on God's people. But you know what? I love them anyway. I ran into, I ran into a gentleman at, at Walmart a couple of weeks ago. I'm walking through Walmart, and one of the gentlemen I know good and well that had all kind of stuff about me on his mouth. Huh? I had to walk up to him. God bless you, man. How you doing? Give him a hug. Sincere. Amen. Not just because. Huh? But sincere. Because my heart is clear. You know, my heart is clear. And, and that's how we got we to have a clear heart toward all men. And even as I was praying this morning, I'm saying, Lord, let us all leave here with a clear heart. Huh? Because that's God's will concern. He don't want you around worried and carrying burdens and weight and all, 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 you know, that's not God. He said, cast all your cares. Anybody care about anything in here? Huh? I mean, I'm not talking about the things you, you know, care about that you like and you love. I said, other cares, them cares that worrisome cares, or, you know, I care how they, you know, he said, cast all your cares on me for I care for you. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? Huh? But he said, you know, that we should have this charity, this love. Look at verse number nine. Use. In other words, that's instruction to me. He didn't say you should use, could use, might use. He said, use hospitality one to another without grudging. I know we ain't got no grudges in here. Huh? We got any grudge matches going on? Huh? 
without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, what gift? Love. He said, as every man has received the gift, talking about love, even so minister the same one to another. Now, I like this part. You're talking about acts of grace, a grace in action. He said, as good stewards of the manifold graces of God. In other words, it's not your grace. You're a steward of God's grace. And as a steward of God's grace, you got to let it flow. I say you got to let it flow. Tell, just tell somebody, let it flow. Let it flow. Huh? Let the grace flow. Don't, don't become a dead sea. Uh, but as a steward of the grace of God, let it flow. Let it, let it move through you, baby, so that now you can experience more grace coming your way. Uh, because if you, 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 once, once you stop letting the flow, the flow stops. Hello. And we don't want that to happen in our lives. Amen. So we want to be in a place, amen, where that grace continues to flow to us. So therefore, as a good steward of the manifold, that means many graces simultaneous graces. See, there's a difference between a distributor and a manifold. Manifold distributes to many places at one time. A distributor only distributes to one at a time. So, he's saying let multiple graces flow through us. Wow. When your husband's getting on your nerves, give me some grace. Pastor Linda, give a brother manifold graces. Huh? When them kids about got you about ready to throw them out the window. Huh? Grace. Manifold graces. When them, when them co-workers on the job got you ready to just pull out your wig. Huh? Grace. Don't scare them like, no. Grace, let the grace of God flow through you. See, if we, if we could just, you know, replace anger with grace. Woo. Did I just say that? Y'all need to write that down. Replace anger with grace. Huh? Let the grace take that place. I'm mad at you. That means I got to give you grace. I got to show you love. How hard is it to love somebody that you mad at? Hello. No, I'm not. No, no. See, see, I still love them, but I'm mad. No, see, no, I'm not talking about that love. See, I'm talking about action love. Putting that love to work. How do you put love to work? By allowing grace to flow. Huh? See, so when, 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 when they make you mad, I'm trying to help. This, this is going to help everybody. Couples, singles. It's going to help everybody. When they make you mad, do something good for them. Huh? That's what the word tells us, right? Love them. Huh? They do good unto them that despitefully. 
That's what the word. Now, I'm not making this up. He said, do good unto them that despitefully use you. Now, you know, if they're using you in spite, they're doing it on purpose. And the word tells you to do good to them, especially. Hello. Child of God. Christian. This is what we are called to do. This is how we are called to live. It's not saying pull away from them and don't talk to them and tell everybody else about what they done did to you. That's not grace. That's grudging. Hello. Amen. We're getting there. Grace in action. Hallelujah. We got to put it into action because otherwise it's a bunch of lip service. And God don't want us living a life of lip service. He don't want us cloaking our righteousness, amen, with word that makes us stay in our place. And Lord, what can I do for you? How can I show the love and the grace of God to you so I can help lift you up out of a place? You know, as Pastor Linda was speaking last week about how Jesus wept, amen, when he went to the to the grave of Lazarus. I hope we got the understanding that he wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. He wasn't crying over Lazarus because he knew what he was going to do. Why would I go crying if I know I'm going to pay my bill? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, if I, you know, so he, he already knew what he was going to do. From the day that he got the word, Lazarus was sick. I can just imagine in Jesus, if y'all go over just for a minute here. If Jesus say, you know, come, Lazarus, your servant is sick. So what did Jesus do? He stayed there another four days. You know, he said, well, he ain't sick enough. He ain't died yet. I need him to die. Huh? Can you? If I stay here long enough, he's going to die. And then I can show the love and the grace of God. But see, if I go now, I'll just be another healing of a sick man. Huh? So he said, I got to hang out. I got to hang out over here. You know, and then when he got there, here come, here come, you know, Lazarus' sister. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. He said, I know that. <laughs> That's why I didn't come. Because I needed him to die. See, but what, so why was he weeping? He was weeping over their unbelief. He was weeping over the fact that they just didn't get it. And his heart was broken. Another place they talk about when he came to the city, he wept over the city because of, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. See, and even we all, when he got ready to raise Lazarus, he said, wait, 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 later, move the stone. Well, sure, he's thinking about it. I didn't ask you all that. Just move the stone. And then he prayed a prayer that lets you know that he wasn't worried about Lazarus. But the whole thing was for the people. Because he said, Father, I, I, I say this not for, not because I don't think you hear me. You always hear me. You always hear me. He said, but because of the people, I pray these, this prayer. He said, I want them to get it. I want them to hear. And that's why we reiterate these things, because we want, he wants us to get it. He wants us to hear it, amen. He doesn't want us to, to, to be under his word and not get his word. 
not live his word, not, not put it to action. Amen. In every circumstance and situation. So we, we look at that. And with Easter just coming upon us here in the next couple of weeks, we're looking at Easter. Hallelujah. Amen. His resurrection. Amen. The, the thing that he did. Amen. To, to bring us out. And I thank God for Easter. Amen. I thank God for the resurrection of Christ. You know, if he didn't die, he couldn't have got up. Huh? He couldn't have rose again. Amen. And, and he couldn't have, you know, taken the keys and this thing from death and hell and the grave. I mean, all those things that he did for us. Amen. So now that we don't have to be worried and, and, and wondering what's going on. But the greatest thing that he did, amen, was he showed us his love. Who would come down and put on an earth suit to die for someone they don't even know? Hmm? He knew us, amen. But which one of us are willing to die for someone that, that is a stranger to us? See, until we come to Christ, we, we're, we're strangers to him. Amen. But then when we come to him, we become sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Because he said, as many has come to him, he's given them the power to become the sons, the daughters of Christ. We become part of his family. But I want to go back to John 3.16. We're almost there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love God so much. Amen. I just can't imagine anything in this, this life that I would allow to separate me from him. Hallelujah. So as we come, amen, we should be proclaiming his goodness, proclaiming his glory. And as Easter comes, that's, this is one of the greatest times of the year. You know, a lot of times we look at Christmas you know, but one of the greatest times of the year to proclaim his glory is around Easter. Amen. When people don't get it, we need to be helping them to get it. We need to be pro- proclaiming the truth and the love of God and what, the, what it's all about. Amen. Unto him. Amen. But when we look at John 3.16, this familiar, overly familiar passage of scripture to many of us. Amen. And it says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but should have but everlasting life so loved the world that he did something see love wasn't enough and we can say I love you I love you I love you I love my brothers and I love my sisters I love them but love spoken is not enough Many of us know that through our own living. People can tell us how much they love us, but if they never do nothing to show it, it's just words. Just words. Sounds pretty. Sounds good. And after a while, you get tired of hearing it. If there ain't nothing to back it up. Isn't that right? Huh? It just come, don't, I don't, don't even say it. I don't want to hear it. Some people even stop saying it because it's painful. Huh? But see, he said, God so loved the world that he gave, he took action to make a way for us to be brought out. But then look what it says in the 17th verse. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. 
So he took action and he didn't come to beat us up. He didn't come to condemn us. Guess why? Why didn't he come to condemn us? We were sinners. We were out there doing whatever we wanted to do. Why didn't he come to condemn us? Because simply we were already condemned. What good do it do to go into death row to condemn somebody that's already on death row? Huh? See, when, when people are in a condition of condemnation, and this is why we can't bring condemnation to people for their shortcomings. Because if I'm condemned and I'm put in prison and I know that I'm going to die, what's going to stop me from doing anything else I want to do? Someone get on my nerves. I just want my kill them. What they going to do? Kill me? Huh? See, see, when, when, when there's no love, when there's no compassion, the restraints are thrown off. And that's why the scripture lets us know that the law is the strength of sin. Because as long as the law has beat me up, it, it just tells me, well, you just might as well go on. If, you, if you're going to hell, just go first class. You know, if, if you're guilty, just, just be guilty. You know, I, I, why, why even mess around? But if I know there's light at the end of the tunnel, if I know if I, I if I got a chance and I've been brought out, huh? Love helps me to stand against those things that would otherwise cause me to fall. We got to come to that place, operate in that love and that grace that God wants us to to be as He's called us to be. So 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 let's, let's look at this. God so loved us. He loved us so much. His actions were motivated by love. Amen. And in the love to his own earthly demise, all the way to the cross. How far are we willing to go for somebody that we love? Uh, how far are we willing to demonstrate that love, amen, in order to bring my brother, my sister, my child, my wife, my husband, whoever the case might be. How far am I willing to go, amen, to bring them out? To allow the love of God and the grace of God to flow through me to the changing of somebody else's life. His love was a sacrificial love. What you talking about, Pastor? I ain't making no sacrifice to nobody. That's the problem. He made a sacrifice for us. See, so when we say God so loved, when are we going to get to the place to say we so love? that we should be able to finish that sentence we so loved because he so loved us we allow the love of God to flow through us hallelujah he didn't condemn us he didn't beat us up but he made an ultimate sacrifice for us so we gotta ask ourselves and I'm not just talking about those in your household you know it's going to take acts of love that cost you something. It's not always comfortable. I don't think the cross was comfortable. You know, I look at this cross here, uh, and Brother Joe V. Hill made did an excellent job making this cross. You know, and I thank God that that cross is nice and smooth. And if, if we did hang someone on it, it probably wouldn't get no splinters because he sanded it real nice. You know, and then he also made that one over there. Both of them by hand. 
and that one there more represents the, the what the other cross might have looked like, but even it was probably even worse than that because, you know, the cross that Jesus was hung on, he wasn't the first one on it. They did crucifixions regularly. So I can imagine he's being put on a cross that was probably encrusted with other men's blood. Splinters and all kinds of other stuff on that. Think about the sacrifice that he made for us. And so when I talk about us making a sacrifice for, for others, we got to stop and think about how much sacrifice are we willing to make to bring somebody else out. That's what God is calling for. His church to represent him in this earth. To be peculiar people, set apart and different. Hallelujah. We talked about all that, amen. That they would know us by our love because we know him by his love for us the acts of love has love cost you anything lately hello I'm not talking about Valentine's Day and flowers and candy no I'm talking about cost you something cost you some pride cost you some humility cost you some time before I close this, a passage of scripture I want to read in the book of Matthew. If you want to go to the 25th chapter with me. Because as I was preparing, I began to think about acts of love. Acts of, or I'm sorry, grace in action. Which is actually the demonstration of love. Uh, when we allow God to flow through us. And I begin to think about what today is our first Sunday, and usually we have time to fellowship. Is that right? Our evening time. But as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to read, and it's, it's a few verses, but I want us to, to hear the, the content of these verses. And I just want to say a few words after. Starting at verse number 31. Hallelujah. Say, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon his throne, the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a sheep divideth, I mean, that's just, thank you, as the shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick. And ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when was, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink, or when saw 
we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. But then look at verse 41. It says, For then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed unto everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer and say, answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then he shall, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not, did it not, one, to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting, I mean, into life eternal. What are you saying, Pastor David? We are here to do the Lord's work. One to another, to those around us. Amen. And we, we have a, you know, a prison ministry, amen. And some of the brothers, they go monthly to visit those that are in prison. You know, but when do it cost us something to reach out and to go and to touch somebody? You know, and I was beginning to think as I was preparing it about the, the adult blitz that we're doing. An opportunity, an outreach into our community, into our Jerusalem, to go and to be a blessing. And Pastor Linda hit it very well, you know, as she was exhorting us this morning, saying just one hour of our time, hallelujah, to go and visit those that are in turn, those are those that are, you know, sick, and they can't get up and go as they used to. They can't, don't have the ability, the opportunity, or maybe the mobility. But here we can show the acts of love. We can show the grace of God in action. It's not that they called us and said, will you come? But it's our opportunity to go and to be a blessing. To make a sacrifice. But I got plans, Brother David. Pastor David, Pastor David. I got, I got plans. They used to have plans too. So I'm, I'm admonishing us to consider taking the time, one hour out of your day, your youthful strength, amen, the ability to get around and to go and to do, to do the Lord's work. Let's go visit the Lord today. Let's go see him. Let's be a blessing. Let's make sure, amen, that that we represent the kingdom. I'm not asking you to go represent living faith. I'm asking you to go represent the kingdom of God in the life of somebody that is not able to go, not able to come, not able to get to their fellowship, wherever it might have been. 
to take the time, amen, to go and be a blessing to somebody else. Can we do that? Rather than, you know, you know, usually on our first Sundays, amen, we, we have some kind of fellowship for ourselves. But today we're doing something for somebody else. You know, we, we can come and have dessert in a movie. We can go bowling. You know, we, we gather when the food's there. Let's take the love to somebody else. Let's go be a blessing to somebody else. Amen? Let's do this. Let's, let's plan on it. Amen. Let's make a, it's in, in the big scheme of things, it's a very small sacrifice. But the dividends and the lives of those that we can reach can be large. Hallelujah. We want to be a blessing. To the, oh, it might inconvenience if you didn't plan on it. It might inconvenience you, but I think Jesus was a little inconvenienced for us. Is that right? I know, amen, it won't take long to do it. Hallelujah. So let's make up in our minds. And I will say this, that I do expect all of my leaders to participate, to lead by example, without exception. Amen? See, there's some things that are inherent to leadership. Hallelujah. So that is one of my expectations. Amen. I know that all my leaders, amen, and if they're not, I'm going to check out why. Because we got to lead by example. Not by word, amen, but by deed. That's what God is calling for. So I'm going to have my core elders to make sure that they got a, uh, an accounting of at least all the leaders be there. Amen. It's not about you not about me, but it's about the kingdom. Amen. And as we avail ourselves to the kingdom of God, we can make an impact in this community. We can make an impact in our city and beyond. It's more than just coming to church. Amen. It's being the church. It's an opportunity for us to be the church. Hallelujah. So let's make this sacrifice. Let's walk in love. Amen. Let's be a blessing. Amen. To those around us.